Welcome to the podcast for retreat leaders. I'm Paul Meitler, your host and executive director of the Oaks Camp and Conference Center, located in the beautiful Sierra Polona Mountains, just 50 miles north of Los Angeles. I'm here again with Tanya. Yes. And we wanted to bring to you part two of our interview with Debbie from the Bridge Bible Church. So would you grab a pen and a pad so you can take some notes and we will jump right into the second part of our interview with Debbie. How far along in advance do you start promoting it, right? Because I feel like um, I've experienced all spectrums where people immediately just sign up for the next year and they start promoting and they go for it and, and it works for them. And then I have other people who, you know, they start at a certain time, but it doesn't, it takes until, you know, a month before the retreat for people to actually sign up and all of this different stuff. So how long ahead do you start planning your retreat so that you know and that you can communicate and you can get women excited to come on retreat for the next year? That would be a great goal to like launch it at the same time, like Uh we're wrapping up. I'm going to aim for that someday, but it hasn't worked yet for me. Um, I think it's because of the, you know, the process that God and I have of just waiting for the Mm, theme. I mean, maybe I should start asking God for like, give me the themes of the next two to three years and then I can start planning. (laughs) But how it's worked for me is generally, you know, once we wrap up our previous retreat, I usually try to book the date. So that's my first step is like, okay, let's look at the calendar. Um, Let's get the date on there. I know I want to come back to the Oaks. I want to know, I want to have, I want to get my weekend. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to see, get the weekend that's going to work for us. And then I kind of step back for a couple of months. I don't jump in right away. I kind of debrief. We kind of reevaluate, take a little breather, and then, you know, start thinking again, okay, asking for a theme from God. So I want to give my retreat team a little bit of a break, too. Mm-hmm. So when, when retreat's over, we're spent. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're oh, just I'm like, sure. oh, we need a break. And then actually, you know, probably next month in August, we're going to get the team together, start planning. So usually about six months out, I'll try to have our first meeting. Mm-hmm. So that may not sound like a lot of time to some people. It may sound like too much for others. For me, it's just a good kind of happy medium to just you know, and I think because I have such a good team and mm-hmm. we're so familiar with the process, it really works well for us to just have our first meeting six months out and then unfold. So something our, our retreat leaders sometimes get the most nervous about is okay, as a re, as a leader, you got to get dates on a calendar. You commit to a number or a range of mm-hmm. number, like this many people are going to come on retreat. And there's a certain kind of line in the sand that when you cross it, you can't back out. So some of our leaders, like one of the things they're most nervous about is, are people going to come? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get people to come? So mm. how do you live through the stress of that? Can you speak to that? And then also yeah. like, well, how do you work through that? Like, how do you get people to sign up on retreat? And when do they sign up? Do they, do you, are you waiting like until the last Sunday before? And then 20% of your people sign up for retreat? Or is it, it's not like that because you've been really working on it well, a long time before. you get a little both. I think we do have kind of a, not atmosphere, what am I trying to say? We, part of our culture, I think, is just, even in California, I don't want to make any generalizations, but we're kind of laid back. Mm-hmm. And we don't RSVP right away. Yep. You know, we're like, well, let me check Absolutely. my calendar. I, well, I may have all these other options. Or maybe it's like, I know I'm going. I don't need to register, register just yet. And so we've learned to work with that. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not pointing fingers. I will be the same way. I'll get an invitation. Oh, I know I'm going. Well, I don't RSVP right then. 
I mm-hmm. wait, you know, yeah. then I forget. Yeah. So um, it's just being patient and knowing, you know, that people are going to wait to the last minute. They, they really are. There's going to be a good chunk that wait. And it's just a faith walk. You know, you get the ones who register right away. You know, you get some trickling in, and a good chunk happen in the last few weeks. Oh, they do. Like, how is that stressful for you? Um, how do you handle It's a little that? stressful because we do have a goal, and and you know, then it becomes financial responsibility. Right. You've yeah. created, you've committed to something. You want to fulfill that. You don't, you know, you want to use God's money wisely, and so, but you do take a risk. I and I, I don't think you can really get away from the fact that it does involve a little bit of a risk, but it's a risk worth taking because, yeah. and again, it's trusting God. Like, God, you know what we need. You know how many people we need, and it's trusting him to bring the people. So one thing I'm going to do this year, which is new, um, I'm going to do an early bird registration. So I'm hoping that really gets a lot of women just motivated to register early. So probably going to do that like October, November, our retreats in March, I would probably not formally like launch registration till January, how I do things in the past. Because if you do it too early, people don't really register. Mm-hmm. You want to catch them when they're like, yeah, this is just a couple months away. But I think for this year, just to get the ball rolling, get to get the excitement rolling, I'm going to do an early bird, knock a little bit off the price. And so women, you know, want to take advantage of that and see how that goes. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's really beautiful. I think hearing you um, and hearing your perspective on the whole retreat planning process, because I'm on the other side, right? So I see a lot of the numbers and the details and all this different stuff. But just hearing you just reminds me of God's faithfulness in the midst of all of it, because I've had a number of groups, even recently in past two weeks, well, they'll call me two weeks before and they'll say, you know, I'm committed to 90 and I'm at 50. What do I do? And and it's they're super stressed out. I mean, I can only do so much, right? But just hearing, and at the end of the day, the, you know, the week before, they'll all of a sudden get 30 signups, right? And then just, they, they come and they're just like, oh, we're fine. Every, mm-hmm. you know, like we made it. Um, but, and then I see that as like, oh, great, right? Because I'm thinking numbers most of the time. So I'm just like, okay, awesome. Like, great, we, we've done this. And and I'm glad that you're bringing all these people. But on the other end of it, which I don't see, and, and I'm glad that I'm seeing it now, is God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? Is the fact that, you know, somebody took a step of faith. Yeah. Somebody decided they want to come to camp. And somebody said, I'm going to bring X amount of people. And God, this is going to be you, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to commit to this and you need to be the one to step up. So I think it's really beautiful to see that, right? To see that God at the end of the day, regardless of whether you know or you don't know, he'll come through. Even right. if you're, you know, 10 people less than than what you thought or 10 people less than your minimum. And um, even in the financials, right? Like I think God always just pulls through. And so it's, I don't know, it's very encouraging yeah. to hear that because I, I think I need to be reminded of that. It's not all about the numbers, right? It's about... Um, who we serve right. and who we serve is a really faithful God. So right. that's really awesome. I think I think it to, it's it's going to be something that I communicate to my people from now on, right? Just like remember the faithfulness of the Lord, right? I will pray alongside of you. We will see how it comes out in a week. So at the end of the day, give you know, some calmness, yes, give him some calm. You can breathe. <laughs> you can call me 16 yeah. times, but also the Lord is going to come through in the midst of it. So that's really well, awesome. That's so true because he knows how many women he's going to mm-hmm. have there. Yeah. He, he does know. And you know, it, to me, it's not its not a defeat when I don't reach my number. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. feel defeated. I, I feel I'm just so happy for who came. And I just learn. I do have to mention, like, I do try to get the word out a lot. Like, we get to do announcements here at our church and get women's retreat out through our Sunday services announcements and our bulletin. And I hope 
that other people can use those avenues because I think that's huge when the church supports the women's retreat mm-hmm. and lets it be spoken about you know through the whole church body and the pastors support it you know so it becomes a part of your culture and you're doing that, that like 60 days out or 90 days yeah. out or 120 days out well, we'll we'll put an announcement like a save the date mm-hmm. in the bulletin probably probably yeah maybe four months out five months out save the date we'll run it a few weeks then we'll kind of pull back and then that's like that's almost like if you think if you're doing it in march so that's pre christmas holiday yes. type of time well like i said i want to do yeah. the early bird registration this year so i'm probably gonna october november probably more october because when i get ahead of the holidays mm-hmm. um <laughs> do an early bird registration along with you know save the date but here's an opportunity to register now save a little bit of money and that will start to trickle out and some women will register and then come January definitely get the word out on a regular basis so it'll be in the bulletin several weeks take a few weeks off put it back in for several weeks and you do you have to promote I mean you know it, it's it is all God's faithfulness I mean I that is so true but we have our tools mm-hmm. and we have our avenues that God gives us to use. So you have to utilize that. You can't just like sit back and go, okay, God, you're just going to bring all the women. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. We do. We have to communicate. We have to have women out talking about it. You have to have your team excited and sharing it and inviting people. And I always send an email out to all the previous registrants from retreat the year before and get them excited and say, bring a friend. Like, remember how much fun we had? Like, invite a friend. So it just takes a you know, it takes all those things working together. So how, okay, this is, here's a, a more practical question with, you have 260 <laughs> ladies with expectations. Yes. <laughs> so how, how do you help manage their expectations? Because it's, you're not going to the four seasons. Like you nope. said, so how do you help them be ready for, no, of course, some ladies have been there before, so they know what to expect. But how do you prepare ladies for the idea that they're going to a camp and retreat center? Like there might be this thing called D I R T dirt. <laughs> like I might, there might be dirt. Oh, or that's some so funny. animals or a some little or critters. Yeah, I, don't, I don't mention all those things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I don't feel like I have to sell it in a way to um, like accommodate everybody's fear or question or hesitation. I feel like by building excitement that this is an adventure, this is a unique experience. And I always say where we're going, I put the, usually on our registration form, I have a link to the Oaks website. I think that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. If they want to know where are we going, what does this place look like? Visual. I don't don't have to explain it. Here's the link. Check it out yourself. So they have the opportunity to look. You know, you guys have a great website that shows you what all the rooms look like, what the grounds look like. And so if they really are worried about it and want to check it out, they will. Mm-hmm. And if they're uncomfortable and they decide it's not for them, then that's okay. That's but okay. Yeah. I think, you know, some women do come with expectations. And, you know, we've had some feedback where maybe they've been disappointed in something or another. But I just try to stay positive. I try to, you know, realize that we can't please every single person mm-hmm. and that, you know, we're all at different places. And yes. sometimes things yes. do go wrong. Okay, so yeah, there was a little issue with this or that. We have to be flexible. We have to know we are going, you know, 
to a camp. It's not going to be the Four Seasons. It's not going to be the Hilton. Uh-huh. It's not going to even be, you know, Motel 6, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you guys are great. You have a great accommodations. And um, I just really don't worry about that stuff, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I, when you're running women's ministry in general, you kind of have to ask God to give you the ability to see you know, over that and beyond it, because it can be very discouraging if you focus mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. But it's it's easy to focus on. It's easy to feel that weight of expectation. And I, I just try to give that back to God. I just, you know, God, I can't, I'm here to please him and keep true to his vision and let him worry about the details of everybody else. <laughs> yes. So yeah, things, things do go wrong. Yeah. I can't, you know, that it's, it's a thing. It happens that not everything is perfect and not everything is planned and goes according to what you have planned. So when things do go wrong, how do you handle that? How do you stay sane? How are you able to kind of work through it? Um, in, in your process. So which things go wrong do you want to hear about? No, because <laughs> what I'm saying is I have things that go wrong with just unexpected things with mm-hmm. people, issues, emergency situations, or are you talking about the actual camp itself, things that happen in the cabin, or things like, what do you want to hear about? <laughs> both, because both. I know each has their own reaction, oh, yeah. but, but you do. still have to be able to figure it out. So yeah. so how do, what is your process in figuring yeah. that out? So let's just talk about the logistic part, because that, you know, those are just the facts, right? You know, you have a toilet that's, that's overflowing or something, or a clogged toilet, not overflowing. But so what we do, I think this is a really good system. I don't want to really be bothered by those things when I'm there because I'm trying to focus on the big picture, Mm -hmm. the speakers, the sessions. So I have a contact person. We have a a person that we have chosen and they agree to this and they are fine with us giving their number to, we call them building hostess. There's kind of like a little tier of Mm -hmm. there's a main contact person, there's a woman in every building who has agreed to be a building hostess. And the women know if something goes wrong in their cabin, if they have you know, whatever. They can have a toilet clogged, a sink clogged. They can think there's something scratching at their window. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, whatever issue they have, they can contact their building hostess anytime, day or night. That building hostess knows to contact our main person who contacts the Oaks. So I think it helps having a, t- you know, definitely giving everybody the ease that here's a number you can call. Mm-hmm. I know we can give them your number as well, but it helps us. We need to be in the know too, right? So we don't want everybody just calling you directly. We need to know because we want to comfort the women. We want to know what's going on. So we just have our little system. And I th- that helps a lot. And for the most part, the things get worked out. Yeah. It's not a big deal. You know, you just handle it and you move on. So those little logistics, you know, you just don't sweat the small stuff. And most women roll with it and they're like, okay, I need to just move here to there. I mean, you know, like you said, we're in the wilderness. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember one year we had some rooms that had an ant problem because it rained a lot. And mm-hmm. ants want to be inside in the rain. Like, <laughs> like us. No one likes to get wet. <laughs> it's, it's no big deal. I mean, like, we have to know. We're not, you know, this is the elements we're in. So, you know, you guys have always accommodated every issue we've had. So that has not been difficult to do. That is well, really I love smart. That. I love yeah. that structure. That mm-hmm. is super helpful. And it's great help for us. Yeah. And, you know, what we really appreciate is because then people communicate, you tell us, and we can, if we know something, we can do something. Like right, right exactly. away. We can move as quickly as we can yes. to adjust or help 
solve any problem. Well, so I love that structure that, that you put together. That's really great. Even though, like this is something I learned last year, because we still, we always ask, we do an evaluation every at the end of every mm-hmm. retreat. I give every mm-hmm. participant an online evaluation form. You know, not all of them fill it out, but the ones that do. And the things that I do here as far as, well, you know, we had this issue or that issue. They don't always come to me is what I'm finding out. Yeah. And I really want to let them know this year, listen, any issue you have, you don't have to live with whatever it is. Like, I think someone had something, you know, with the faucet. It's like, let us fix it. You mm-hmm. guys want to fix it. Yep. I know your heart's to fix it. And women have to realize that they can bring it to somebody's attention. They don't have to just sit there yeah. and go, oh, I'm just going to live with it. Uh-huh. So I want my women to know, no, we want you, we want you to have the best that we can offer the Oaks wants us to have the best. So we're only doing them a disadvantage if we don't let them know. Yeah. Right? That's right. So that's right. I'm going to really encourage our women, like anything, bring it to our attention, let us handle it. And when women know that, I think it just helps them, eases them. It re- yes, that does. That really helps people be more on retreat, too. Yeah. So that's a great thing as a retreat leader to help people live into just tell me tell me you have a problem and it'll help your retreat go better so it's just a great retreat leader thing to do in leading your retreat that's yeah. a great hint for and retreat i think leaders. it's awesome that you uh are, are wanting to give that permission because i feel like often women feel that they need that permission because right. you know we we like to fix we like to do we like to handle um so yeah it's it's great that you're you're wanting because it's true we do want everyone to have the best experience and part of that is the ability to fix something for you Absolutely. right so like you don't have to do it right you're on retreat you go do what you need to do go away go get some coffee you know go lay down somewhere yeah um and just let us kind of do the right yeah yeah and mm-hmm. the women need to know they don't have to just settle for something that should be fixed right you don't have to play you know the martyr either like mm-hmm. oh well I'm just gonna have to live with this this is horrible <laughs> like no that's that true. is not the right attitude yeah that's true. <laughs> no so so yeah. you know you come in March so that's a, it, it, when you plan a retreat you have to think about the time of year because each time of year has its seasonal aspects to it Albeit we're in Southern California, so okay. Sunny and seventy-five most of the time. Always, right? Always, haha. It could rain, but there is this balance because you're in a space that has like indoor spaces. There's multiple different spaces around camp. There's activities that could be done. So stop for a moment and just speak to that new retreat leader. So imagine a new retreat leader sitting across the table. You know, just staring at you wide-eyed as they've just heard all these things about retreat. What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I was that person seven years ago because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I feel like if I can do it, if I, you know, if I have been able to walk through this process now six years I mean, anybody can really do it. So I think it's a matter of just believing in God that he will walk you through it and believing mm-hmm. in your, your dream for the retreat. You, you know, like don't second guess your passion for it. Like you, we have to have a passion for it. We have to see the value in it. And if you have that, that's huge because you're going to convey that to your team. And that's what's going to carry you to keep asking God to show up and it really is an amazing faith journey because you can't do it without him and you can't do it without a, an amazing team. Mm-hmm. So in reality, if I'm talking to someone new, you just got to realize you, you can't do this on your own, but you are, as the leader, a key pivotal part, and you're the one carrying the vision and you're the one carrying the leadership. 
And it's an amazing responsibility and it's an amazing journey because you really get to see the whole thing get planned and unfold and see how God grows you as a leader. And it's not as scary as it sounds. And when it does seem scary, because I've been there, you got to remind yourself that God has it, Mm -hmm. that God has it, because it can seem very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, in in that last week when I'm going, okay, it's this weekend, I do. I get that kind of like check going, okay, how, you know, I'm human, right? I'm like, okay, Lord, (laughs) we're getting ready to take off on this thing. And I just have to remind myself that God is faithful. Mm -hmm. He's going to show up and I have to trust him. It really Mm -hmm. puts you in a position of having to trust God. Mm -hmm. And that is a good place to be because when you have to trust him, I mean, he wants us to have that trust in him and he will show up. And like I said, I have never been let down by God mm-hmm. on a retreat. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, and get yourself surrounded by other women who can pray with you mm-hmm. and encourage you and offer you that support and who believe in it because the team is what carries you too, you know. Mm-hmm. You're all believing in it together. So it just solidifies you. I mean, it's so fun. Have fun. That's what I would say. Have, have fun. fun. Don't forget to have fun. Have yes. fun. Yes. In the process yes, as well as when so you're there. Yes, it's so fun. It really is. I love it. So is it is it fun for you too? Because I feel like there is so much that goes on on retreat, right? Before, the during, and the after, right? Where you're recovering. But during retreat, do you feel like you also go on retreat? Do you feel like this is also fun for you? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I do. I love it. I, it, I feel like I get in this little zone when I get there. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's such an experience with God that mm-hmm. I it's so unique to retreat that it, it's just made me long for that. It's scary because I do feel like I'm just stepping out in faith, and I feel like I show up going, okay, God, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm here to see how you're going to show up. But it's so exciting. Mm. And I, I so enjoy it. Even when I'm working so hard and I'm staying up late, um, studying or talking to women, you know, I, I am fully in. I see myself pouring out more during that weekend than ever before. And mm-hmm. it's just that combination of me giving every ounce that I have and being okay with that, like being okay with like, I'm going to spend myself here. But it's so worth it because I see God show up Mm. and I see him working in women's lives. So even though I'm working really hard, um, I do enjoy it. I enjoy interacting with the women. I enjoy just, you know, seeing the team work together. I enjoy every part of it. I really do. So it's fun. I I don't know if it's a restful thing for Uh me. I'm not saying like I'm there actually just resting and kicking back and getting totally refreshed, but I am so energized the -hmm. whole weekend. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert, actually. I really am. People think, oh, but wait a second, you're a retreat leader. Yeah. I mean, this is like an extrovert activity. It's people, it's activities, it's talking, it's speaking, it's interacting. 24 Yep. But you're an introvert? Yeah. How does that work? Well, you know, I had to learn what that really means because God's shown me how to be, you know, out in public, how to convert, how to put myself out there. He's shown me, you know, he's equipped me to, to lead or teach or speak. But when I need to refuel, like I have to be alone. Mm-hmm. I need my alone time. And I think 
recognizing that too. Like I do at retreat, get some time alone. I know that I can't be 24 seven with people. I do recognize I have to carve out some time, especially if I'm the one speaking at the sessions, I need that time. And I do set aside that time. I will make sure I go back to my cabin and retreat and listen and prepare. But yeah, I'm an introvert. I, I don't, I love being around people and it, it fuels me to be around people. And I, thoroughly enjoy it but when I go home a lot of times after work I go into my house I sit on my couch (laughs) I don't go out and talk to people I need downtime so I think it's just God stretching me to be what seems like an extrovert but I'm not really but he's showing me that I can do that I can be present beyond what I think I'm capable of Mm -hmm. does that make sense like I can do it because again he sees, he lets me see the fruit of it. And I know that I'm going to get my time alone. Mm. So it's kind of balancing that out. So how people are listening, how can they pray for you? Which is kind of a crazy thought. Like people will listen to this through time and they're going to be lifting you up in prayer. That to me, that's always a bit overwhelming, you know, kind of brings me to tears to kind of think about it. But but how, how can people pray for you? What would you like them to pray for you, your ministry, your retreats, your... I mean, yeah, that is a very humbling thing because I don't even know who's going to be listening, who's going to be praying. And honestly, yeah, my flesh is like, well, why would they want to pray for me when they don't know me? But (laughs) I realize we're all doing God's work. We're all part of the kingdom. We're all wanting to, um, you know, walk in the path that he has for us. So I guess I just want to be growing in my relationship with God. I want to be growing in leading the women where God wants them to go. So it's just more of getting better at listening, getting better at stepping out more into areas where God wants me to grow, whether it's, you know, speaking or teaching or whether it's just investing in relationships more. So, I mean, on a personal level, I just need, as we all do, just growing in that confidence with God and that Mm -hmm. trust and um, that intimacy with him. That's where it all stems from. So I think, you know, as as we're all doing ministry, um, we know our time is is precious and we have to guard it. So like just to have that guarded time that that is the priority with God, that's Mm -hmm. the key to it all. So that's that's where the first thing that gets hit, too. So I think that we all need prayer in that area. And then just for our women's ministry, God's doing amazing things here. And um, I just want to, I want to give women opportunity to grow and develop their God-given gifts and talents and find their unique purpose and see women coming behind me that are leading retreats that are Mm -hmm. rising up and catching a vision for just, you know, pouring into women's lives and having a ripple effect, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to see God continuing to grow us all and uh camp is a great experience to just have a unique powerful moment with god that's Mm -hmm. what i believe so pray for our retreat in march that god shows up in another big way and then women will say this was the best retreat ever (laughs) and i'll be going yay god showed up again (laughs) Yeah. yeah well thank you um i think you are be encouraged because I think you are helping a lot of people um, and you are, you know, stepping out in faith. And even in this conversation, right, it's not as big as a retreat, um, but just even sitting down and talking to us, giving us feedback. Um, I learned a lot just from listening to you and listening to the other side of things. Um, but yeah, you are doing an incredible work. Um, 
And I so just want to encourage you in that as well. You, yeah, the Lord is doing big things uh, through you, and we're just so thankful that you sat down and took time with us to to kind of just talk through all these little little things that um, most people don't sit down and talk together about. I think we have so much to learn from other people, and I think mm. a lot of people are going to learn from you and and your experience. So thank you for mm. yeah for just being a vessel of the Lord um, and for being great. You're awesome. Mm. Well, it's, it's been fun. It really. I love the Oak Staff. I. I so do. I mean, that's one of the things that keeps me coming back is really the staff and meeting the two new people I got to meet today is just (laughs) a a continuation of just seeing God, Mm -hmm. that God is at the center of what's going on at the Oaks. I truly believe that. I would not go back. I seriously would not go back to a place where I didn't feel God anointed and ordained Mm -hmm. that place for him to come and do work. And I feel that there. So um, I'm fully supportive and I feel like we're partners in ministry so um, thank you so much for this opportunity it's been fun and I still have a lot to learn but I I'm excited to just share what I have learned because it just really shows me like wow God has done a lot yeah (laughs) yes well thank you Debbie thank you for investing Mm -hmm. in a whole generation of retreat leaders by just sharing Mm. it was really awesome that's exciting thank you very much thank you well I thoroughly enjoyed our time with Debbie. She was such an encouragement, and she's such a strong leader, but at the same time, so humble in how she submits herself to God through her whole process of planning and leading their retreat. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that you learned some great things along the way. She's got a lot of good nuggets of wisdom in there, and I just want to encourage you. You've got this. Retreat planners out there, you definitely have what it takes. You can do it, and we are here for you. So leave a comment below with any topics that you'd like us to cover in future podcasts. Well, take these tips and tricks, take this encouragement, and stay spiritually centered through it all.